Hello, everybody out there. This is Old Buck Dave here with another special guest, extra special guest. This is a friend of mine, Vito. He's a uh, professor at a major university in the Northeast somewhere, and he's a, a longtime friend of mine. And he's also moonlighting. He's got a, a summer job, as it were, and he's going to tell us a little bit about that. So, Vito, are you there? I'm here. All right. Hey, Vito. So, hey, good to hear from you again. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing down there in Florida. Besides, right, besides playing golf and once in a while riding my bike with you. Yeah, yeah. So you, so you, so you're basically a golfer, and everything else is second place in your life, basically. Golf is my first love. Golf is your first love. All right, just as cycling is mine, so I have to settle for cycling. Cycling being is second. Second. All right. So I'm not bad. I'm come up there with the second placers. That's that's good. That's good. I like that. So if you're not, if you're not cycling and golfing, what are you doing to pass the time? Down there. Well, I know you're interested in this uh, part-time job that I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. So I will, um, as uh, I am on um, a long sabbatical from the university. Okay. Uh, as part of an exit incentive uh, that I took. So I'm on my way to retirement, but I'm off um, for quite some time from the university, which has allowed me to spend um, more time in Florida. Um, I've been coming to Sarasota, Florida um, regularly since 2010. Okay. I always would have to return to um, the university. I would come during spring, uh, during semester break, second half of December, January. And it would always be a tearful parting when we had to. It was uh, hard. It was hard the going back up, to the yeah. northeast at the end of January. It not, was very hard. Not I a great place for, to be. Yeah. I did it for ten years. Right now, I always had the idea that I might get a part-time job, and I knew that I wanted to get a part-time job that was um, something quite different than what I had been doing as as a career. And I guess one day that I wanted to return to my blue collar roots. I've had a CDL license, a commercial driver's license for quite some time. Oh, okay. So what? So tell me more about the commercial vehicle you're driving. Well, the one I'm driving now yeah. is a trolley. It doesn't run on tracks. It's a, it's a gasoline, fossil fuel powered trolley. But it looks like a trolley. It looks like an old-time trolley. 26 passengers seated. And then we allow standing where you can get probably an additional 16 passengers. So at any one time, I could carry up to um, uh, 40 passengers, which can that's, make the trolley quite um, that's a load. Quite, quite heavy. That's a load, yeah. But anyway, before you interrupted me... <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew I wanted to work part-time, and I had a CDL because I like driving. Um, I come from a family of uh, drivers, truck drivers and things, and I always liked big vehicles. So I always um, thought that that might be something I would do in retirement. I drove a little bit up in the Northeast for a uh, 
bus company for two years. Okay, so you're not a rookie then. That's... And um, no. So I saw an ad in the paper that they wanted a part-time trolley driver for Siesta Key. To make a um, long story short, I applied and they gave me a schedule of Thursday, Friday and Saturday from 2 p.m. till 10.30 p.m. So that was a schedule that could work for me. Yeah. Do your golf in the morning. Golf, cycling in the morning. Mm-hmm. So tell me some I of your... At the beginning of, I think I started the second week of March. Okay. It's a little over a month. Okay. About six weeks. So tell me some of the things you like about the job or don't like or some of the experiences that you've had thus far. Well, um, I like driving. I like interacting with uh, the people. I like the challenges of managing some people. As you know, Siesta Key is a vacation spot. So people come to have a good time. Uh, They like to party. Um, They like to go to the beach. They like to drink. They like to um, go out to eat. And the trolley has been very, very successful. It hasn't been in existence for very long, several years, maybe a couple of years, but it's been very, very successful. It cuts down on traffic. It allows people to come and rent a condo for a week or two as the SDK, uh, not, uh, don't have to rent a car. They don't need a vehicle, yeah. From the north end to the south end, up and down, hopping on and off the trolley, which is free. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have to worry about driving while drinking. And it's been very successful. So it's so, an interesting spot to work. And well, um, some of the challenges have been uh, enforcing the masks. It's considered public transportation. Oh, yeah. Must wear a mask. So there's a federal mandate of public of uh, masks on public transportation. So that's that's an added dimension. Now, of course, this is my first year, but some of the other drivers that have driven in other years say that the, enforcing the masks has been an added responsibility that has made the job more difficult. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. March, of course, was a spring break month, and you got a lot of college kids and the week before and the week after Easter, uh, you've got a lot of um, school-aged kids, middle school, high schoolers on vacation. And they can make for a very difficult uh, population. They travel in large groups. Um, they act out. They don't have masks. Have you, you had to... Yeah. Have you had to use your uh, professorial skills with any of the uh, spring breakers? Well, um, I wouldn't call them professorial skills, but, uh, you know, I have been a licensed psychologist for God knows how many years. So knowing something about human behavior and human interaction and how to diffuse conflict situations is something Mm -hmm. I have some experience in. Mm-hmm. But when people have been drinking, it can be it can be difficult. The key is not to let anyone or anybody push your buttons or get under your skin. You mm-hmm. must remain calm, give them options, maybe a brief explanation of why you are saying what you are saying and why you are asking what you are asking. Always the key is to reduce the authority, to reduce the power differential. 
I think Ooh, we all okay. agree with that. You know, you oh. got to always try to reduce the power difference because people get upset when you come across as saying, well, I'm in charge here. And if you don't like it, that's too bad. Okay, that's an interesting uh, So what approach. we say is, yeah. look, it's a federal mandate. It's not the me against sends you. Around, yeah. The county sends around spotters. If a driver is caught carrying passages without a mask, it's a possible $1,500 fine for the driver. Mm-hmm. I have to assume that none of you on this trolley would want me to have to pay a fine. Have to pay a $1,500 fine. So have you had some strange experiences uh, thus far? Memorable experiences? Well, strange, I don't know about strange. Well, yeah, strange is not the right word. Yeah. People. There are, as I said, I guess there's almost um, three categories of people that vacation on Siesta Key. One, of course, I've already talked about are the youngsters. Mm-hmm. And they can be very, very challenging. The second group is what I would say uh, couples. And then, of course, you get many uh, retirees. So based on those three populations, you have different experiences. Well, I can start with the most recent, uh, which was actually my last trip on Saturday night around 10 o'clock when the trolley was gone. I didn't expect that many people, but it was a full trolley. Uh-huh. And I okay. explained to them that this would be the last ride and that they had to all get off at a certain stop. And, you know, there were people on there that were a little rowdy. Okay. And, and? <laughs> um, I explained to them about the masks, about where I would be going and, um, where I could take them and what would be the last stop. And most people were were fine with that. And then there was an elderly woman sitting behind me. And um, I assume from the Midwest, you get a lot of people from the Midwest. She got up at her stop and she said to me, she was a very kind, gentle woman. And I felt a little bad that she had to be on a bus or a trolley that was so rowdy and loud. But what could I do? She <laughs> said to me, thank you very much, sir. Yeah. Uh, she said, you did a wonderful job or something like that, explaining to the people and managing the people. And I really appreciate it because I know how difficult it could be. So yeah. I'm not a very religious person, but I don't know why I said to her, I said, thank you very much, ma'am. You pray for me. Oh. And she said to me, <laughs> I will pray for you because let me tell you, this whole place needs a lot of prayers. Ah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That is cute. That's uh, but great. that's the kind of comment that you would get uh-huh. from that kind of population. You know, you get the guy. Um, I thought the 7-Eleven guy was pretty funny. He um, He got on at one of the restaurants towards the south end. Okay, this right. Turtles, yeah. Turtle Beach. Turtle Grill. Beach, yeah. He yeah. got on with a couple of other couples. Again, this is a category of middle-aged people. And they had come and, of course, they looked like and sounded like they had a very good time at the restaurant, meaning they were, had overserved themselves, if I could put it that way. <laughs> yeah. 
So he says to me, I'm going to the 7-Eleven. Now that struck me as a little bit odd because most people who get on after coming out of the restaurant usually want to go back to their condo. Um, So I figured the 7-Eleven, that was, um, but fine. So he says, yeah, we're going to go down to the 7-Eleven and I'm going to run in and get a case of beer and you're going to wait for me. Right. Oh. I, I saw this is not a limousine. This is not a taxi. This is not Uber. <laughs> this is a public trolley. You go into the 7-Eleven, this trolley's not waiting. Not waiting. Are you even allowed to take alcohol on, on board? You are. I don't think there's a hard and fast rule about that. There is, um, if you bring a drink on board, it must have a lid on it. In other words, we don't want... Oh, okay. Problem. Okay. Yep. Yep. That is why ice cream is not allowed. You they, you will get a lot of conflicts about ice cream. <laughs> Somebody who's just bought an ice cream, yeah. the, you know, the, the stop in the village is right next to the ice. They got a big cup of three scoops of ice cream. First of all, I said you can't bring ice cream on the trolley. Why not? So first of all, you can't eat ice cream. And wear a mask at the same time. So that's number one. <laughs> there you go. I'll hold it. I said, if you hold it, it's going to melt. If it melts, it goes on the floor of the trolley. Who do you think has to clean it up? Vito. 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 And I don't like cleaning up ice cream. Vito doesn't want to do that. So that's a big one. But back to the 7-Eleven. Yeah, let's work. Anyway, a little bit down, we hit uh, traffic. And that can happen on Siesta Key. There's a lot of traffic. Sometimes the bridge goes up, it backs up. Sometimes when the sun set and everybody leaves the beach or at late four o'clock when people leave the beach. So you can get huge backups on Siesta Key and the trolley just crawls along. Mm-hmm. So this fellow who wanted the um, case of beer, the beer, he says, open the door. I'm getting off. He says, I'm running down to the 7-Eleven. I'm buying the case of beer, and you pick me up. I said, if you're waiting at the stop, I'll pick you up. But if you're still in the 7-Eleven, I'm moving. So he gets on. He starts walking fast. He jogs. He stops. He jogs. The trolley's kind of chugging along. His friends are yelling out the window, go, Mike, go. The trolley, you have to understand, is called the Sea Breeze Trolley because it has no windows. It has these plastic... um, uh, windows that roll up and okay. are only put down in very cold weather or when it's raining. So the trolley is open. Go, Mike, go, go. <laughs> go, Mike, go. The trolley kind of passes him, but then blows up. He passes the trolley. The it's trolley just... passes him. <laughs> so I said to him, I said, the only way he's going to do this, because I know the 7-Eleven you know, people, it's a very, you know, a lot of people go to the 7-Eleven to buy stuff and they're not that quick in there. And uh, I said, the only way he's going to be able to do this, is, um, he grabs the case of beer and he throws a bunch of money on the counter and runs out because I don't think he's going to make it. <laughs> well, to make a long story short, he made it. He made it. <laughs> it turns out he did exactly what I predicted he was going to do. Not to miss the trial. He came running out just as the trolley was meeting the stop. Perfect. Go, Mike. So that's, um, 
that's that story. <laughs> but um, I like talking to the people. Uh-huh. They, we've never been here before. I'm kind of like a little bit of a tour guide. As I get to know the key better, I can orient them better. At the beginning, the job is very, very difficult because there are there must be a couple hundred condos and cottages on Siesta Key. So people say, I'm going to Siesta Royale. I'm going to Palm Bay Club. I'm going to Crescent uh, Bay. I'm going to Tivoli. These are you got to learn all these things of where they are. So that takes a while, yeah. So after about six weeks, now I know a lot of them, but I don't know all of them. So let me say this psychologically. I'm interested in my own in my in the intrapsychic dynamics that take place doing a job like this. Because this is, can be a very humbling experience. It can be a humiliating experience. I think it was rather humiliating dealing with some of these kids. Most people are very respectful. Not all. Not all. I say, why am I doing this job? I know why. I like to drive. I want to work a little bit. Hey, a few extra bucks is, um, doesn't hurt. But by most people's standards, I'm a pretty successful man in a lot of ways. Successful cyclist, for sure. Well, I would say successful in terms of job and career. Okay, yeah. I would say financially secure uh, at this point in my life. And yet I'm doing a job that pays $14 an hour that most people probably would not want to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to sort out a little bit of what goes through. Now, some people ask me, are you retired? Um, and I say, well, I'm kind of, I, you know, I'm still getting a paycheck, but I'm not working. Oh, what kind of work did you do? Then when you tell them that you were a university professor, and practiced as a psychologist, you know, they kind of have some trouble putting that together. Although some people say, I don't know, people do all sorts of things in retirement. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, yep. fine. More interesting, I think, uh, for me is, you know, the internal dialogue that I have with myself. Sometimes it goes like, uh, I'm glad I'm doing this because it helps me to identify with people making $14 an hour. How do you live? I mean, these fellow drivers that I work with, that's their livelihood. So it does help you um, to understand what the other America is about, as we say. I keep thinking back and saying to myself, God, I'm sure glad I got an education when I did. Because yeah. my, my life would have been very different uh, had I not. And then I think... Um, there are things where I feel that I'm, you know, as I say, I come from a blue collar family, uh, hardworking people, but they were blue collar unionized people. They did well. Okay. But in some sense, I feel that that's somehow there's a part of me of that's where I belong. In spite of all of these intellectual accomplishments that I have had, there's a part of me that says this is where I belong. Mm-hmm. 
And then I would say, finally, as a psychologist, it is the challenging of managing people. Especially, um, especially when they, they, they're not looking at you. Yeah. As... And I think, uh, you know, some of, I think I can say this without identifying. I said to one driver, oh, there was a bunch of women that got on. I think they were, uh, what do you call that, girls week away or something. But they had families, you know, but they, they got on the trolley and they were drunk. They had coolers. They were going to Siesta Beach. They got back on the trolley. They were, the trolley, they were even more drunk. They got back on the trolley a little while later to go out to eat. They were more drunk. They got back on the trolley after eating and they were more drunk. Oh, boy. And they were like, you know, kind of obnoxious in some ways, but. And they, people can be very loud, but that's the way it is. We all know volume goes up when people drink. Yeah. So I told yeah. one guy, I said, D, this group that was staying at um, they all an unnamed hotel. <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. difficult. Yeah. So they, the next night, he comes in. He says, I think I had that group that you were talking about the uh, last night. Oh boy. Yeah. He says, yeah, they were. I told them that they had to be quiet. Well, see, you know, that's, that's trouble right there. Yeah. You know, okay. that's trouble because they don't like being told. They don't want to be told what to do. What to do. Not by the trolley driver for sure. Now, I don't know what happened, but he said, as we were leaving the depot, he said, I better take an incident report with me. So, so what do you have to take an incident report with me? He says, I don't know if they're going to make a formal complaint against me. So I can only imagine. He probably got into some some battle with them. Probably you know? more than he told you. Yep. Now he's, now he's worried that he, he, he might lose a job, right? Well, I don't or, know. Or be disciplined anyway. Yeah, or, you know, that he would have to give his side of the story. But okay. as, as you know... Um, from group dynamics, and this I know, you always want to use the group in your favor. Use the power of the group rather than trying to use the power of one in charge. I only say what are the consequences for mm -hmm. not having this. Yeah. So use the power of the group. So this is like an ongoing... As an athlete. fully funded social experiment that you can be running here. Well, you know, participating, that's what makes it participating yeah. in. Yeah, that's probably the, what makes it fascinating. You know, you have choices. Life's all about choices. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I picked up one woman the other day. She came out of a very fancy condo on the water. Oh, uh, her stop was there. And he said, I waited a long time for the trolley. I said, ma'am, there was a lot of traffic. I don't know what to tell you. You know, there's a lot of traffic on Siesta Key. And I said, you know, there are a lot of other forms of transportation that you could take. And she says to me, oh, but you have to leave a tip. Oh, boy. It comes out of a $4 million apartment <laughs> on the water, and she doesn't want to take the other forms of transportation, because she has to leave a tip. She has to leave a tip. Wow. So, wow. Kind of funny. Takes all kinds, uh, as they say. Yeah. You know, I'll have probably earned a, probably a three-credit course here by the end of this interview. I'm, I'm A job well done. A job well done, for sure. Well, it sounds like you've, uh, you've had an interesting summer job there.
Well, it's um, I, now that we're talking, I guess it really is. Um, it really is um, an opportunity and an experience to bring um, the psychodynamics into everyday life. Yeah, you can um, you can put into play all the the things that you know and that you teach others, and here's a chance to use it time after time after time. Okay, well, listen, you want to uh, wrap it up here, Chief? Well, first, let me thank you for taking an interest in my um, in this aspect of my life here in Florida. Well, I've uh, always enjoyed your stories, and uh, as well as cycling with you. Thank you again very much, Vito. It's been an interesting, yes. interesting uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes here, whatever we've been doing it. And all right, Daddy Dale. Okay, man, listen, you take care. Take care, man. Ah, uh -huh. thanks. So there you have it, folks. Old Buck, Dr. Vito, accomplished university professor with his own counseling practice, and now a trolley driver where he has an abundant supply of unwitting clients to psychoanalyze. Until next time, folks, this is Old Buck Dave signing off. Adios and Auf Wiedersehen.